0: I'm looking forward to hearing Will randomly clapping in the middle of an airport terminal. Uh, Three, two, one. And heads turn towards Will. They're looking at him quizzically. And... Hello and welcome to the Ender Police Podcast. My name is Daniel Bader. This week on the show, we're giving it a very rough 30 to go over every bit of news that was relevant in the last week. Uh it's been a very busy week. Will, you are at an airport? Are you at LaGuardia yeah. or JFK? I'm at
1: LaGuardia right, right now. LaGuardia. Yeah, and uh, uh apologies for my audio. I am aware of what it sounds like. Uh if you want a review of the microphone on the Bose QC2 earbuds, this is that review for you. And if you turn the episode off right here and you can't do it, I don't blame you. It's Totally
0: fine. Don't do that. Don't do that, because the, the, the rest of us are, are fine. We're, we're warm and snug at home. Uh, our Wagner, assuming you're warmer than the rest of us, but uh, how, how are you doing today?
2: I'm okay. I, I need to go eat food at some point, but yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just did. I just ate leftover fish that was probably a day or two longer in the fridge than it should have been, so wish me luck. But uh, we're going to do this, because we, we were saying to ourselves we had a really long double episode last week. We're going to do an all-out pixel extravaganza next week. But this week, we didn't want to let our loyal listeners, all five of you, go without an episode. So we're going to try to wrap everything up as, as quickly as we can. And, and Will, you can't exactly say why you're traveling, but suffice it to say, there's a lot going on right now. It is Techtober, yeah. and t- yeah. it's tech and Techtober it's, it's just that liminal space between those two months where everything is all potential and no amount of sleep that can save you from the content that you need to make. So before we move into this week's news, though, I want to address the many of you who wrote in about which Fitbit or fitness trackers you wear and why you still wear fitness trackers. And Will, I think you will not be surprised that the majority of the respondents say that they're android users who hate wear os and can't use wear os because it's garbage and that they have a lot of hope for the pixel watch 2 this is this was a through line through basically every email that we got we i have a fitbit or a huawei band or a xiaomi band or something that's cheap and cheerful and has a week long battery not because that's the smartwatch experience that they like but because it's not worth trading that week-long battery life, and the lightweight nature of the fitness tracker for an unfinished smartwatch experience on Wear OS right now. And literally every single email was like, but I think I'm going to buy a a Pixel 8 Pro. The rumors say that the pre-orders come with a Pixel Watch 2, so I'm likely going to switch over to that.
1: Well, and the Pixel Watch 2, based on leaks, seems to be the most Fitbit-like smartwatch we've ever seen. I mean, it, it basically seems like it's the promised wear uh fitbit that that never showed up exactly
0: so. well hope it'll fix the fitness stuff but whether it fixes the battery life stuff remains to be seen nevertheless i still think based on these emails a lot of people are saying there is a market for fitness trackers and good for everybody for pointing out my hubris here because i didn't realize that it was as popular still as it is, as a category, I mean, I guess it makes sense, right? We publish stuff about the Pixel Watch; it gets lots of traffic. But we also publish stuff about the new, say, Fitbit Charge Six, which launched this week. It gets a ton of traffic too. People are still, for some reason, interested in these products. So, moving on to that, the Fitbit Charge Six is available. It was announced as a successor to 2021's Charge Five. It builds on a lot of the same ideas as the Charge did. It's got a small vertical OLED color display. It has a week-long battery life. It has a heart rate sensor, SPO2 sensor. It's got GPS. It has a temperature sensor. It's water-resistant, but doesn't have an official IP rating. I think it's five atmospheres that it can go down to. It's small. It's It does the job. I think what's really nice, though, is that it's bringing back the button.
2: I was going to say, the only thing I care about for the Charge 6 is did they bring back the button?
0: Yeah. So they improved the the overall accuracy of the fitness tracking. It will now pair with Peloton and Tonal, Concept 2 rowers. Like These are brands that have come up through the pandemic, right? They released the Charge 5 in 2021, but they were obviously developing it long before that. So now they built this knowing that people bought all these home exercise machines and i think they understand the job of a fitness tracker it's literally just to track your workouts track sleep and last all week so that's that's pretty nice
2: i will say i'm not thrilled about how much the price went up this generation
0: yeah it's 160 dollars the last generation was what 130 140 when it came out
2: i think it was it, I think it was one fifty. No, it was one fifty.
0: It was one fifty. I reviewed. Oh, it was one fifty. Yeah. Really? It was one fifty.
1: Yeah. It went on sale pretty quick, but it was one fifty.
2: I was going to say, I, I swear that for like the last two years, like whenever I would see, like not on sale, see it, it would still be at like a hundred and twenty or something. So. Uh,
1: yeah they they did not. Uh, I don't know how often they they sold it at full price, but um, I have it in my review from two years ago. Price one fifty.
0: So yeah.
2: Alrighty. I wow. do
0: appreciate that Fitbit understands that they made a mistake replacing physical buttons with capacitive buttons, and they yeah. have actually gone back to physical buttons on all of their devices now. So the Charge 6, the Versa 4, and the Sense 2 now have, uh, all all of them, their most popular trackers now have buttons again. This was an issue, I, I think. Clearly. The, the
1: the charge five actually went one step farther it didn't have any it was just the touchscreen the yeah. sides of it were the EDA right so so you had to navigate on that little thing and so yeah sorry I'm, a I'm, I'm
0: I yeah. am wrong here so you're right the, the 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 charge five had no button at all right? right this does have a side button but it's not a physical analog button it's a capacitive button but it's still something that you can press to go back on the side yeah. of your smartwatch, or on the side of your Charge 6.
1: Can I talk about so. the, the worst thing Fitbit did here, how they, they almost nailed something and then screwed it up anyway? So it has YouTube Music integration, which is a big step up from the uh, Pandora and Deezer integration in, <laughs> in the Charge 5. Uh, shout out to the Deezer fans. I think all of our loyal listeners are also loyal Deezer fans. So, I do love some <laughs> Deezer. Absolutely. The Blue Album classic. Anyway, this has YouTube music integration, as you'd expect from a Google product. Uh, uh, The problem is that it's basically just remote for what's on your phone. You can't download tracks for offline listening. So if you want to go for a run and listen to music off the Fitbit the way you can do on a a smartwatch, uh, you can't do that.
2: Yeah, I'm, I am I hesitate to call this an app. They added a YouTube music widget, essentially.
0: And turn-by-turn turn, Google Maps support. Sorry, I got distracted That's by the, the Boston Red Sox JetBlue
1: plane circling the tarmac <laughs> right now.
0: Oh, yeah, this is going to be a theme. Um, I do want to say, Ara, apparently, um, I'm just looking at the price of the, of the Charge 5, it's actually $20 cheaper than the last version. So the Charge 5 launched at $180. This launched at this is No, at no, char, charge
1: charge no, five was no, one, it, 150, it,
0: 150 for sure. On was it
2: one? I su- I, s- I swear I,
1: If it you're was, if you're looking at camel
2: camel camel, do not look at the like highest price ever because no, that's not list price. That's some. At,
0: no, it's a hundred it was, was one hundred seventy nine bucks.
2: Was that well, in then, Canada? No,
0: no. When it launched, it was $179.95.
1: No, you're right. No, Daniel's right. It's 180 I don't know why. I don't know who changed the review widget in this. The old review widget to now say 150 But yes, it was $180. Now, uh, so to everyone yelling at us in their cars, sorry. Yeah, it it's, definitely it's dropped, dropped in price very
0: quickly. This is terrible radio because we've gotten a couple things wrong in real time. <laughs> but um, suffice it to say, it's a very... Iterative update, but one that I think a lot of Fitbit users will appreciate. Yeah. I'd love to hear if anybody is looking to buy this to replace their old charge three or four. I loved those older Fitbits, right? Before Android Wear and Wear OS proliferated, before you know you could take for granted that the smartwatch was the objectively better decision, there were fitness trackers. And I loved wearing these things. So I kind of miss my charge. And I think I might just ask Fitbit to send me a Charge 6 for shits and giggles. But uh, yeah, we'll see. All right, let's move through some news. First, Galaxy S24 leak. This happened today as we're recording uh, on Friday. Not a whole lot to talk about yet. The renders make it look like an iPhone, even more so this year than last, with a very sort of boxy frame, uh, aluminum still. but. It does resemble an iPhone in a lot of ways, at least the last year's iPhone.
2: I mean, it rounds off the corners a little bit, but more importantly, it flattens out all the bezels. Like, yeah, the the bezels on the S twenty three are still are like relatively flat, but they still have a little bit of a curve to them. And this looks like that they have just flattened it out and made it like. I'm not a huge fan. I like having a little bit of rounding on the on the sides to help with the grip.
0: I think if you asked an AI to create what a generic android phone looks like it would basically build this exact phone that's the impression that i get from this it's like we have so many generations of samsung just chiseling away at this design that to me this is what an android phone now represents what it looks like at least in the traditional non-folding form it's fine you know that it's going to be a good device you know that it's i think we can probably pre-write the review now (laughs) publish it tomorrow, and it probably won't be very wrong.
1: Well, and it's also like, good God, guys, can we not just like, they saw like leaked CAD renders of like the iPhone 15 pre-launch, and they were like, oh, we can build that. And it's that over and over again, and it's, I I don't know. Like, I had this thought last night during the thing I'm at where I'm like, can we just like switch up the design a little bit?
2: Even just adjust where y'all put the cameras, because I'm sorry, but having all of the sensors go... down the right uh go down the left side of the phone just means that it's super easy when you're holding the phone in your left hand to cover up a sensor or smudge a sensor and especially since for the galaxy s24 we're optimistic that the s24 is going to be the first phone with chi 2 and for the small the galaxy s23 that means that if you use any rectangular magsafe accessory that bottom camera is going to be completely covered up and the reason i know this is cuz that's what's happened uh, that's what it is on my current s23 when i use it with magsafe anything so i'm i'm not super happy we're rounding out the corners but we're flattening everything else
1: well what made me think about this was was kind of the pixel 6 and pixel 7 right Specifically the the seven six pro and seven pro had shiny sides and a glossy back, like really polished aluminum, and that was kind of, you know, it wasn't the stainless steel on the pro or but it was kind of similar to like the regular iPhones. And then, you know, we've seen Apple move towards like matte finishes with titanium rails, matte titanium rails, right? And it's like, oh, so like now everyone's gonna move in that direction. Like you can see it coming, like we've seen the eight pro leaks and it's it's like oh it's matte now but the the sides are still brushed but i wonder if the pixel 9 pro next year will suddenly have you know matte finishes across the band and and can we not like follow the pattern like can you kind of just break out and do your own thing like apple you know to their credit i've been watching a decent amount of this current nfl season and they are heavily like every ad is just about titanium And it is like some of the most insane marketing I've seen in a long time. It has like these guttural chants below it. That are like, I don't know, it's it's so weird, but it's like they are clearly getting or trying to get people to care about design and material. Like, can you guys not do the same without following their lead?
2: No, samsung will never do this i'd love to see samsung strike out and instead of trying to like follow apple with like the titanium and the flat sides i'd love to see samsung be the one to be like you know what we're not gonna have the sides be flat we're not gonna have those sides be just rounded we're actually gonna put texturing on the sides of our phones and on the yeah. back glass like sam if anybody is going to be able to do like textured back glass properly it's gonna be samsung it would help set it apart it would make the phone easier to use it would make the phone easier to hold so that way people don't drop it and need to you know pay for a new screen i i just don't understand everybody trying to follow apple
0: yeah i mean we've seen the disadvantages of titanium already although absolutely anecdotal, but yeah. the pvd coating comes off and it's it scratches really easily it's not as good a thermal conductor as aluminum no. uh, or stainless steel um and it has I think one of the most <clears throat> egregious criticisms of the iPhone 15 was from iFixit, where they posited that in order to get titanium to bond properly to the aluminum frame, you have to invest millions and millions of dollars into these proprietary machines that heat up the titanium to like 3000 degrees Celsius. And if Apple's going off about how it wants to be carbon neutral, it had to build an entirely new process to get the tension and the tolerances of these iPhones to the same degree as the stainless steel pros. And I think if Apple had just decided that it could have made a better anodized aluminum, which would have actually solved this problem, but it wouldn't have given them the marketing potential of this generation as the titanium, it probably should have done that, right? It would have been better for the environment, it would have been cheaper, and it just would have been probably a more versatile material. But unfortunately, Apple has created this dichotomy for itself where the iPhone is aluminum and the pros are something else. And Samsung has always followed in this regard, but I, I, I don't know if that's gonna happen this time. Samsung never went to stainless steel it doesn't follow in uh, in the materials no they're not going to follow in the materials they're
1: going to follow in the finish which is yeah almost as frustrating where it's like so you're, you you stick with aluminum which is fine i have no issue with that but it's it's more of a look and feel thing where i'm like do your own thing like own aluminum or own plastic like It's so weird that we're still doing this in in 2023 when there's clearly a market for unique designs and stuff like foldables. I mean, and that is the one space where Samsung is still kind of pushing forward. But
0: yeah, I think that's fair. But at the same time, every time I pick up the Galaxy S23 Ultra, I'm blown away at the precision engineering of this device. Yes, I agree. It is an absolute piece of art when you pick it up. And I don't think any other company but Apple can build a device with that much attention to detail at the same scale. And in some ways, I think the Galaxy is more interesting because of the integration with the S Pen and I think the overall design of the S twenty three Ultra, as stayed as it is now, is better than the the recent changes to the iPhone fifteen pros. So you know, take that for what it's worth. But I prefer to pick up and use the S twenty three Ultra, even though as a phone, as a camera, you know, all of the experience criticisms that I leveled at it when I got it last earlier this year are still there. But as an object, I think it's a piece of art. I think it's gorgeous. And also, Samsung doesn't. They they also lean into colors. I mean, Ara, you talked about this. I was about. I've I've literally
2: been waiting to come in and say I don't care about anything else. Samsung steals from Apple for. But you better not steal that that lack of colors because looking right, at the they, iPhone, they, they can no, like in Samsung has already done this for the Galaxy. I think it was the S22 Ultra or the S21 Ultra. They had like all of these different shade, uh, custom colors that were different shades of dark. We had a super dark brown. We had a super dark blue. We had uh, we, of course, had the black. We had two different finishes of gray slash silver. So for sure, Samsung has but, done this and I don't think it particularly did very well because those colors ended up getting deeper discounts. I just need Samsung to own something and Samsung can own color and vibrancy because that's what I think when I think Galaxy, the cameras are oversaturated and so is the phone.
0: The difference is that Samsung's not limited by materials, right? It's still using anodized aluminum with a back glass plate. It has a tendency, even if they only sell it on Samsung.com as whatever, these like limited edition colors. You can every S series product has some decent colors. This year maybe didn't have the the, the best ones. I was
2: going to say this year kind of sucked, which is why I I'm, I'm pinning all my hopes on the S24.
0: But it's not as not as boring as like four shades of gray. So, all right, a couple more things to go through. We're not going to talk too much about the Pixel this week because we're going to really just dive into it all next week. But one of the rumors that I think is worth mentioning, Will, is that the Pixel could get seven years of operating system updates. So we heard this rumor before, but it wasn't clear if it was seven years of security patches and four or five years of OS updates. No, these latest rumors are suggesting Google will provide seven years of security updates, uh, feature drop updates, and... OS level updates which is unprecedented not only from an Android perspective but in the entire industry. What are your thoughts here?
1: Yeah, I'd have to go back and dig through every iPhone, but I don't think Apple has topped 7 years. There might be one or two that have hit 7 years, but we just watched the iPhone 10 go out at at 6, I believe 20, 2017 to 2023. Yeah, so, yes, cuz it just yeah, so like for Google to swing big and say we're jumping from three OS upgrades in five years of security patches on their last two generations of phones to seven years with seven OS upgrades basically. You know, or or seven years of, of including OS upgrades and, and feature drops. I mean, it's kind of remarkable and kind of a, a big promise on what uh how they feel about Tensor G three, I would say. I I'm curious how that will hold up. I think a lot of people with Pixel Sevens have really soured on G2, uh, myself included. I I I I talk to a lot of people when I go to events like this, and the general consensus on that chip is that it was bad, and maybe we cut it a little too much slack a year ago because it was not obvious in the fall of 2022 how bad it was temperature-wise. And yeah, so if they're saying they think this phone can perform adequately for seven years like that's big
2: i also think that it's google yes it's trying to like reclaim a spot in the industry that has always been apples and samsung has been trouncing it for the last couple years i also think it's giving the users what they want because every quarter we have the which manufacturer shipped how many phones and they've just been slowly falling year over year for the last like is it three years now or two but it's because people are holding onto their phones longer. So ha- being able to say, hey, if you buy this phone, it'll last you for the better part of a decade. That's a compelling reason for somebody to buy a phone, especially if it's somebody who isn't an enthusiast like us who just wants to buy a phone, have it work and have it work for a long time. The people who are afraid of change, that's who seven full years of updates is going to be for.
1: Well, we, we've talked a lot about it, but phones are a, a utility now. They're your washing machine. When do you think about changing your washing machine when it breaks? That's what a phone is now for ninety five percent of the market at this point. That's probably a good thing, pretty much across the board, from you know less e waste to just spending less money as a consumer. But yeah, I mean, it, it shows a real like change in how um, how companies think about their smartphones that this has become such a, a uh, priority.
0: I mean, I, I think more than anything this is a play for the secondary market. You know, people are not likely going to keep their phones seven years. There's, there's probably a happy medium between people who replace their phones every couple of years and people who replace their phones every seven or eight years. I think most well, well, yeah, 95% of the audience is is on is just
1: upgrading their phone when their carrier tells them to. So yes, right.
0: And I think for a lot of this, it's how does Google address a few things really well? How does it make sure that the pixel security promise lives up to the new ethos within Android, right? And Google can't be behind the biggest Android OEM and Samsung in that regard, right? If Google is offering fewer platform updates than Samsung, it's just an inherently difficult security narrative to maintain. But I do think this is all about resale value and having Pixel products retain some of that value on the secondary market to ensure that they are perceived as products that people will want to use beyond their initial cycle. and. I think that has been some with something that Google has been hit hard with. Is that this reputation for reliability both on the hardware and the software side? Not only do we hear that Pixel products break down fairly often that the RMA and repair situation is worse than it is compared to Samsung and Apple, but that after a, a long time the software starts breaking down and updates make these phones perform worse. And my big question here is Google's never really been able to maintain three, four years of of platform updates, not just from an objective perspective, but from a performance perspective. How do they expect to keep a seven-year-old phone performant when they're upgrading? Because now they're gonna have to do the same thing for the Pixel 9 and the Pixel 10, et cetera, et cetera. How do you make sure the Pixel 8 stays optimized when they're creating Android whatever, 19, for the Pixel 12 or 13. It's just something that nobody has really considered. Google does not have a great track record of maintaining these kinds of consumer stories as well as engineering stories. And and I don't I don't know where that goes. Right.
2: I have two things here. The first of which being pixel resale value is always gonna be low so long as these phones have the trash modems that they have. If this is gonna be a phone, cellular connectivity has to be at samsung's level at least and right now like i've heard stories of like oh my it for our company bought everybody a pixel 7 and then had to ship them back within a month because they literally would not work in the buildings and the work environments that they purchased them to be used in and like my parents i've mentioned before my parents live somewhere that it's not necessarily like the boonies But cellular connectivity can be an issue. And when the Wi-Fi calling goes down at my parents' house, my parents have a metal roof. And that means that the Pixel is going to drop calls in the house. So I need them to focus on that as much as I need them to focus on the system updates for longevity. The other thing I'm going to say is...
0: They absolutely will. I think once they move over... Here's my theory. Once they move over to their own custom SoC, they will use Qualcomm modems the way Apple does. I think right now they are modifying Exynos chips and they're forced, basically, to use Exynos modems. But that won't be the case in 2025 or whatever when the rumored custom SoC launches. So they're setting themselves up for that future.
2: The second thing I was going to say is I wonder if there might be a way for Google to pioneer something that we've seen in laptops for years and years and years, but we haven't seen it in phones. And that is... um for chromebooks that are in education or enterprise they have what uh is called the LTS track as opposed to, like normal chromebooks get updated like once a month LTS chromebooks only get updated like once every 6 months or once a year and for phones i could see that being like a, okay my phone lo- works fine as it is i don't necessarily need all of the latest stuff if it's going to slow down my phone if google offered an option to, to like opt out of getting every single quarterly update or every feature drop, I feel like that could go a long way towards helping a phone stay updated where it needs to be, stay get all the security patches it needs, but still maintain longevity. Or for Google to like make a version every six months or every year, so that way people who don't want things to change and don't want things to break have an option.
0: That's fair. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is also something Google is, I'm sure, trying to figure out: is how do you get these phones into more people's hands? You sell it to different markets. Pixels have been consumer devices, but Apple uh, iPhones and, and Galaxy devices are the status quo when it comes to enterprise. I mean, that's why Knox was so important to Samsung's narrative a few years ago, right? Hardened Android. I think. The Pixel is arguably as secure, if not more so, but the company has had a difficult time getting CTOs to buy into that because of the modems, right? I talked about my friend's company that bought a bunch of Pixel 6 Pros for, to work in elevator shafts, and none of them could connect, and they sold all of them and got iPhones, and they will never consider a Pixel again. Those stories, I'm sure, were more common than we think. So Ari, you're absolutely right but I do think a lot of this is setting the Pixel line up for the next 10 years. Assuming they don't can the whole thing. I
2: was going to say, you were saying like, oh, uh, with the Qualcomm processors and the custom chips, you were saying 2025 for that, and I'm like, Pixel can lose a lot of respect in the next two years while well, we're waiting
1: for that. <laughs> I mean, well, to be honest, Google can just get bored. Like, let's really be honest. Like, would anyone be really sh- like, is there anything Google can cancel at this point that they would really be shocked by? I guess if they shut down Gmail tomorrow, I'd be like, damn, didn't see that one coming. But like everything else, I'm like, yeah, like their interests change all the time. Like, they might pivot tomorrow to like, we're just searching AI now. Like hardware's dead. Sorry, Nest.
0: Like, yeah, I don't know. Speaking of which, Google did kill two things this week. Uh, <laughs> exactly. We, we should have like a a Google Kill Watch, like a segment, uh, segment every week <laughs> just to see what what, what Just a um, Google's
2: most wanted. Like
0: it should like Jules little, if, you, if you can if you can the, find the, like a little a little soundbite that's that's like the breaking news theme like. This just in: Google kill Jamboard and Google Podcasts. Uh, Jules, so, just
1: clip that and use it every week. There you go. <laughs> You're done.
0: Um, I'm sure he could like mess with the with with, well, with my voice a little bit and, and make that actually exactly. something something funny.
2: Instead of doing that though, wouldn't it be better to have it be something like we already associate, like the default notification for a Google Pixel, to, or like combine the default notifications uh, tone for a Pixel and a Samsung. It's Are we instantly actually rec-
0: talking about this, or is it? Is I, it
2: I thought y'all right? had gone off topic when we started. Talking no, 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 about no, no, no. We're not. Effects. We're we're staying on
0: topic. So, <laughs> but I do want to talk about the fact that Google is killing podcasts and integrating it entirely into YouTube Music because I I saw this coming the second Google launches dedicated podcast app. Like it did not make sense at the time, and it especially doesn't now. But I still think it's the wrong move. All right, you must have thoughts on this.
2: Oh, I do. Mostly because, well, and that's mostly because I've always hated having music and podcasts in the same app because the controls you need for each of these things are wildly different. And also, just when I'm somebody who likes when I listen to podcasts, I'll listen to the podcast for a while and then I'll like get back to work and I need to like switch over to my music. And I don't like having to switch between a queue with my podcast and then just emptying it out and making a new cue for my music. It's a very minor issue. It's a very petty issue. I need my holy line of demarcation between my music and the stuff that makes me happy and the podcast and the longer form content. Because it's also not just audio podcasts. Like, I'm somebody who watches Critical Role. And now when I watch a Critical Role episode, and if I don't finish the episode, YouTube Music will pull it up and suggest me to finish my episode. And I'm I'm super not okay with that.
0: So yeah, Google is killing Google, uh, podcasts in 2024. It's moving all of that functionality into YouTube music.
2: I mean, the functionality is already there now. We just need more podcasts to actually upload to YouTube music.
0: Right, right. It's a different... I mean, it, YouTube is, I think, like Spotify, you actually have to use it as a destination, whereas Google Podcasts, Could
2: pull RSS. Was
0: just RSS, yeah, kind of like. Well, and that's the issue. I mean, I was
1: having this conversation with someone, and I looked it up because I was like, "Did they ever fix Spotify and Patreon feeds? Like, did because I know that was supposed to happen. They announced that I think at um, South by Southwest this year. And so the answer is yes, they did, but it's not by adding a link. So if you're not using Patreon, you know, which at least one paid podcast I listen to does not use Patreon good luck. It's a partnership between them. You have to like, and it's only if the creator allows it that you can add the feed to Spotify. So it's still a headache. And, and, you know, again, that only matters to like people who are like dedicated podcast listeners, which like, if you're listening to this show, you probably are. But you know, if you talk to people who are like, no, 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 I, I like that Spotify has my music and my podcast. Inevitably, When they're like, I don't don't even understand why you would use a separate app. Inevitably, five minutes later, they'll be like, "Well, I only really listen to one or two shows anyway." Like, if you are a dedicated listener, you know that the advantages of a separate app are like very important. And and yeah, I I just I mean, this is a whole thing I have with YouTube Music, and kind of had from the jump, which is like, I want my music to be over there. Like, I I to be honest, if they made a, a an iPod that synced with Apple Music, I would buy it. Like, I, I wouldn't mind a separate device for it. Like, I guess it's kind of an Apple watch, except downloading stuff to it is terrible. But I want my entertainment to live in its own little bubbles. So like, I don't need one mega app for every piece of entertainment that I want to I consume. It, it can be its own thing.
0: Yeah. Podcasts are tricky. It's just a tricky business, because it's not really a good business. Spotify has proven that over and over again. Not not on scale. No. No. Like
1: you can make a living if you're, you know, an independent creator or, you know, even like a small you have a small group, but yeah, the second you start trying to make it into the Netflix of podcasting, you are going to fall in your face. You you have to build an audience of dedicated fans who will essentially pay you directly through something like Patreon. Like that is how you make podcasting so, a business. This is a pretty and, good time
0: to say that we're uh moving the Android please podcast over to Patreon. That's right. And we are charging right. twenty five dollars an episode. Uh <laughs> you can pay me <laughs> and you can me uh, directly you can actually through just Venmo.
1: No, no. Oh fuck Daniel, I was literally gonna say you can pay me directly through Venmo.
0: <laughs> Fine. You can pay me wait, twelve you're, fifty you're, wait. and you can pay the other two uh half of that. You're Canadian. Um,
1: they don't even have Venmo in Canada. Like you're it's true. Yeah, you're it's you're you, you'd have to PayPal, Daniel. Just make it easy. I, I'll download Cash App. I'll this episode is Apple brought to Pay. you by
0: TransferWise. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you would like, I can. Okay, so that's it. But also, they're they're killing Jamboard. Jamboard. If the four people that know what Jamboard is, it was a digital whiteboard thing. It cost five thousand dollars. It was announced all the way back in twenty sixteen, and it's basically just like an in person whiteboard, the digital whiteboard that people could like draw on and stuff. I'm not surprised this is dying. I didn't even realize it was still a thing, but uh, the app itself is, is, is going away as well. So RIP to yet another Google service. Okay. Two other quick things before we sign off this week. Google celebrated its 25th birthday. We have a massive suite of content on the site, but just to point out our most popular post by a mile as part of this were the 10 best products that google's killed off <laughs> in the last 25 years so uh zkd if you're listening to this uh great job on that but everybody who contributes to this package it's amazing go read it on the site it's awesome and uh yeah happy birthday google you're still here i guess it's it's good i mean maybe maybe i was i was making a joke that like Google would cancel its twenty fifth birthday celebration before its twenty fifth birthday, but uh you know it is what it is all right, and then finally, Disney plus is starting to crack down on password sharing. This is not surprising given Disney's financial problems at the moment.
1: Oh, yeah, let me just cry a little bit. Let me shed a tear for for Disney's financial woes yeah like I oh poor that poor mega corporation
0: oh. So sad. So this is, the funny thing is this is only happening in Canada to start. They're, I guess, experimenting with this in Canada. And then when it proves, you know, lucrative for Disney, they will roll it out to the rest of its markets. So y'all can breathe easy and share your passwords for a few more months. But uh, I don't share my Disney Plus account with anybody, but I also only use Disney Plus for one thing, and that's for my daughter to watch Bluey. So, actually, that's to watch Ahsoka.
2: Well, <laughs> I will speak up as somebody who I do share my Disney Plus account because I share it with my family. I pay for not the for Disney. I pay for the Disney Plus bundle with Hulu and ESPN Plus for um, my whole family. But everybody else using that plan is in Texas. I am the one person in Florida that is using this plan, but I'm also the account holder. So, if anything, it's that oh, you're sharing it with all these people who don't live with you. But at the same time, I mean, like, sharing an account within your family is a fairly standard practice. And families don't always live together. So I, I'd, I'm i really curious to see when and if I get popped for one of these services for this. But at the same time, if they're analyzing your use and habits, it's like, well, you all go there at least, like, once a year. So y'all probably know each other fairly well. But I also think that... Uh, yeah, if you'll want to be sarcastic about Disney profits, feel free. I'm not super excited because I, I can sense that there's going to be more layoffs, uh, especially around parks and especially around content creation. And that's not great because animation has already had a pretty rough four years since the pandemic.
1: Oh, Ara, like I don't mean it in a in I a know, haha I laugh know. at the big company thing. I, I like, yeah, like I am I am fully aware that the people who are going to get hurt are on the low end, it's consumers who have to pay more for Disney Plus, and that sucks. But you know, they can also just not pay for Disney Plus. So let's set that aside. The the real people are like, yes, it will always come back to we're gonna fire a bunch of people because Bob Iger needs his, you know, thirty million
0: dollar salary or whatever. Well it's also that they've lost a bunch of money Absolutely. with uh two strikes, and even though the writer's strike is over, the Sagafra Strike is still ongoing. Which was a problem of their own. Yeah,
2: I was going to say, they have have literally no leg to stand on there.
1: Yeah. Well, I won't say my stance on what I think you should do if you're upset about this Disney Plus price increase, but, like, well, I'll I'll put it this way. I'm watching the rainfall at LaGuardia right now, and, like, maybe you would need a boat. Like, maybe (laughs) you could pretend that you were a pirate or something. I don't know. Figure it out. You can put two and two together.
0: Yar. Okay, (laughs) so... That is it. We're going to leave it there. Next week will be a very action-packed episode, so stay tuned for that. We'll have all of our impressions of Google's latest devices. The official launch is October 4th. We will have all of the coverage on Android Police. And uh, thank you for listening. This has been a fun... It wasn't even that short. It was just.
2: I was going to say we were we were decidedly not a tight thirty today. I mean, it was
0: it's a, it's our version of a tight thirty, which is actually forty five. So I consider this to be uh, a pretty quick and uh, compact episode. So anyway, thank you all for listening, Ara. Will, uh, I hope you have a great weekend. Will, I hope you get home safe. Yeah, man, I uh uh
1: the forecast is showing a window around eight o'clock of uh no rain before it starts back up again and my flights at eight thirty. So as long as there is a plane here for me to get on, hopefully I'm on. I
2: it. mean, if it's just rain, it isn't gonna impede operations. It's if there's lightning. Oh no,
1: Ara, Ara, it's bad. They paused inbound flights for like four hours. There there's been oh. a tons of the two thirty flight to Buffalo was canceled. Like there's a lot of cancellations and a lot of delays here. So yeah, it's no it's it's bad.
2: Okay, never mind. I forget that y'all don't have to deal with, like, torrential rain quite as often as we do.
1: No, no it's, like, go look up videos of what New York is like. Like, there's full flooding happening. Like, it's it's actually, it, this is, like, if there was wind, it would be, you know, like, you'd start measuring it in categories. Like, some of the videos in, in, in parts of New York are like, huh, glad I uh, got in the Uber when
0: I did. So, this is breaking news. So for those of you who are doubters, look at that. JFK, 8.2 inches, South Slope, Brooklyn, 6.68, Central Park, moving in on six inches of rain. Yeah, you got to the airport seven hours early for a good reason. Yeah, I'm going to go find a place to take a nap. (laughs) Enjoy. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody who listened this week, I appreciate you all. Thank you for writing in. I'm curious about your thoughts on the Pixel 8 series. We're going to talk all about it next week, but send us your impressions so far. Are you in? Are you out? What are you most looking forward to in uh, the next few months in the tech space? We'd love to hear from you. I'm also adding a bonus question because we didn't actually have a chance to talk about it, but Meta announced the Meta Quest 3 and the new Meta Smart Glasses this week, along with a whole bunch of other AI tool, uh, AI announcements. I'm curious if anybody has thoughts about what Meta announced. I'm very interested in those new Ray-Bans. I think they actually look kind of awesome. Uh, and especially as a parent, I think they could be really fun to play with. But uh, I want to hear your thoughts. Send us an email, podcast at policecom All right, that's it. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.